Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and I need charts. I need maps. Hi, I'm Daniel Dresner, and is it true that half the people you meet are of below average intelligence? <laughs> it's not quite a, the understanding of the bell curve that I had, yeah. but. <laughs> no. Good Welcome to Space the Nation, where we look at science fiction through the lens of. Private orders. And filial imprinting. Okay. I, I think I, I think I did. It. I yeah. think I got it. I suppose, right. yeah. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about Riddick, which is available in all the usual places, though not on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, listeners, you missed your chance to watch it on Netflix. In the next few weeks, we'll be talking about They Cloned Tyrone, which, by the way, Dan is getting very, very good reviews. I oh, don't know if you saw that, I did but. not see that, but I, therefore, I'm looking forward to watching it. Even more looking forward to it. Yes. I was intrigued by the premise. Now also just legit excited mm-hmm. and then actually very excited <laughs> i have to admit perhaps more excited for the meg and the meg too <laughs> well, you, you you suddenly look like jason statham dan it's very very odd well thank you anna <laughs> <laughs> right nice of you to say so <laughs> We have lots of ideas about the stuff we want to do in the future. We're always taking suggestions. We we're pretty well planned out, I think. Yeah, but you know, we're we're agile and and you know, tactically nimble, much like some and, of the characters in this film. So like, you know, we can <laughs> we can adjust if like some new suggestions come running through. You know. And sometimes we just decide to do things like talk about the silo. Yes. Cuz there was something amiss in that silo, Anna. It turns out yep. something was very wrong yep. at the silo. In fact, we just released a special episode about the second half of that season. There's also a first half of that season. Mm-hmm. We have other ideas for special episodes coming up. We're extremely excited to announce our next series, which probably yes. won't happen until the fall. Right, because if, if the fall is appropriate to launch that that series, can we say what it's called? Or Oh, please. Do you want okay. me to do it or... or I, you know what? You do the first half and I'll do the second half. Okay. Obama? Or Obama. Very good, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Although I feel like we have to somehow say it like Rush Limbaugh would for it to be like. Ooh, all right. Hold on. Let me, let me try that. Let me try this. I'm going to go for the Rush. <laughs> I apologize if I get this wrong. Obama or Obama? That's very good. Although you also blew out my ears. I'm sorry. <laughs> in which case so the obama or obama series is going to be when we read books recommended by obama which we have already done just Mm -hmm. as part of the what we do and Um, that's part of the reason why we've come up with this special series because the truth is barack obama's batting average when it comes to books that we've read that he's recommended pretty low he's he's it's low yeah. And he has a type. That's the other thing. Yeah, I, I feel like he has he has the science fiction that also is like high, you know, literature. That's the science fiction that he recommends. Right. It's the science and fiction of I don't want to say I like sci-fi, so I will pick this thing. Or I don't think I don't like sci-fi like other people like sci-fi. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not like I'm not like the other sci-fi fans. I'm not the other what, sci-fi fans. I'm a cool yeah. sci-fi fan. Which is sort of funny. I mean, it, well, it. it we can just sidebar whole discussion of Obama, perhaps when we read when we, for the series. When we we'll do have, Obama we'll or Obama. The man himself. Yes, sure. exactly. Yes. If, if you would like to hear more of this kind of conversation, <laughs> and if you've made it this far, you surely do. Say it's scintillating you, stuff. I mean, let's face you it. You should yeah. become a patron of this mm-hmm. podcast. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash space the nation. There are many benefits, including someday. Merch. Merch, 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 merch. But the thing that we usually tout the most is our Discord because it is full of wonderful people mm-hmm. who are super smart, mm-hmm. who are not like your other sci-fi fans. No, they're the cool sci-fi fans. <laughs> the cool sci-fi fans. Yep. Do all sorts of interesting things uh, in addition to talk about science fiction. And then there's other stuff, Dan. What else do you get from being a patron? You get early access to our podcasts. You get access to our monthly AUAs. We send a newsletter out every once in a while. And it's also- pretty, It's become very regular, yeah, actually, Dan. Yeah. And also, if we get up to 250 patrons, there will be a special patrons-only episode about a topic chosen by you, the patrons, that Anna and I will discuss. Doesn't have to be about sci-fi. Could be about pretty much anything. Can't be about- We've, we've barred video games- 
And we've borrowed nine hour films about the Holocaust. And what? Have yep. we, anything else? I think otherwise. Uh, TV shows. Yeah, TV shows. We, you can't. <laughs> also, TV shows about the Holocaust. <laughs> yes. That, I think that's without saying. That's logic, Anna. Yes, yes. Yeah. But if you want to see. Middle March, for some reason, just won't do Middle March. But yeah. other than that. Yeah. If we get up to 250 quickly, you could force us to do Barbenheimer, which frankly, we might want to do anyway. So, you know. Yes, that is right. Mm-hmm. You can also reach us via social media. We are both on Blue Sky. Ooh. Not like those others. No. It's a cool social media site. Yeah. Yeah. Dan is also on the not cool social media site, Threads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I'm just I'm just testing the someone, waters out. Someone has to do outreach, Dan. Exactly. Someone has to do the outreach. Yeah, yeah. And you also have this other, you have a few things that you do. We besides, do. Oh, you're a professor somewhere. And then... Also, also, you know, I occasionally write for people. I'm writing for Politico. I write for foreign policy every once in a while. And I also have a sub stack. It's called Dresner's World, in which I now am just trying to make sure it succeeds just for the sole purpose of goading Anna. Because Anna, understandably, and I can't blame her for, for feeling like this, thinks that Substack is eventually just going to disintegrate. And so I want to be the last Substack standing. And, you know, I... I, I I want that for you. Oh, thank you, Anna. Thank you. It's called Dresner's World. And Anna, I believe you have a website, and it's called <laughs> www.annamariecox.com. Right. And you are also Spell on Instagram. Yes. And you are also I am on Instagram. Instagram and in addition to Blue Sky. And if you're interested in taking a writing workshop, I have my next one in the fall. Mm-hmm. It's a memoir and recovery workshop. It's good reviews. Kids like it. It's a what they call like a high impact, I guess. Mm. I can't remember exactly what you call it in the biz, but you get a lot of time with me. I will put it this way. I've read Anna's recent writing and you know what? She's a good writer. So like, you know, you might actually want to listen to her. You might. You might. might. And you will produce good writing yourself. That's actually the real point of the workshop. too. Yes. So Dan, before we get started. Yes. How are you? I am. Good, Anna. You know, it's it's a productive summer for me, actually, which is uh, mm-hmm. not always the case, but I, I feel like it's it's going well. At this point, my entire family is home, which was not true, you know, even a month ago. And, you know, I like dealing with the kids as adults. They're interesting people. I occasionally get to talk to them. And also, I will add, Anna, my daughter and I finally caught the animated version of Nimona on Netflix and just thought it was adorbs. We really liked it. I liked it too. It's pretty different. Yeah. I would say. Well, from, from the book. I think the core message is similar. Let me put it this way. The way I would put it is, is that the Netflix movie. It's not as dark. <laughs> yes. Netflix takes away a lot of the darkness, which understandable. Although that dragon at the end was dark. And also, like, I think what the movie did actually was take out some of the, draw out some of the things that, let's say, Andy Stevenson was not aware that she, they were touching on. And actually, we're clearly touching on. Yes, yes. If you haven't listened to that episode, you should listen to it before you watch the Netflix movie, because I do think that... They are very different. I I agree. What what they have to say about their work is very interesting, and we talk about that. Yeah. All right. And how am I? Yes. You asked? Yes, I did. How am I? Mm -hmm. I still have a relatively new kitten, Bram Stoker, (laughs) and he is... He's amazing. It is so good to have tiny animals in your life, except if they're human. I mean, I know you're into that, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, teach his own. I'm over that at this point. Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, you yeah, are. Yes. Yeah. It is amazing to watch something with so much just joy of discovery. Aww. Right? Like, everything is new and exciting. I got to say, that is also one of the perks of having a baby human also. Because, like, they, hey, they I'll have take your word thing. for it. Yeah, it's I'll true. I'll take your word for that, it's Jen. It's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, by the end of this series, I'm going to get Anna to actually like small children. I think if I do that, (laughs) you will know that this podcast has made a difference. (laughs) What? Say that again. I'm going to get Anna pregnant. You're going to get pregnant. By the end of this series, I'm going to get Anna pregnant. (laughs) What I meant? No. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I, I have totally revealed my long-term plan to knock up Anna. 
but but yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Like small children. Yes. You know, my big secret is that I don't hate them. I know. And that in in doses, mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty. I'm. You know what? Yo, you're like the cool aunt. That's the way you have to think about it. I am the cool aunt. Yeah. My only problem as as an adult with small, dealing with small kids is that I'm not good at treating them like kids, but kids tend to like that. So, yeah, which is why the cool aunt thing works. And then if there's yeah. an issue, you hand them off to the parents. It's the great thing about not being That's right. Parent. Oh, love it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk about Riddick. Yes. <laughs> why are we talking about Riddick, Dan? Why? Why, 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 why? Anna, I know, I'm sure you might have been tempted to to cancel this after having watched, or rather being forced to watch the Chronicles of Riddick. But we're in too deep to stop now, Anna. I mean, for fuck's sake, <laughs> that is how hot sci-fi summer works. If we are committing to a certain string of films, we're going to watch all of them. This is the third film. And I will say, I knew this in advance, it is much better than Chronicles of Riddick, if nothing else. We committed to Butler Vimber. Yeah, Dan. exactly. And this, I will say, this was easier to get through than Butler Vimber. Yeah, let me put it this way. The three films in this series... Compared to Butler Vember, like I can pick each of the films here. It's better than any of the Butler, like, you know, like even the Chronicles of Riddick is somewhat better than one of the Butler Vember films. There's a, there is a worse Butler Vember film yeah. than each one of these. Exactly. Yes. That's my yes. point. That's the, yes. yes. Thank you. Yeah. And I will say, mm-hmm. I do not regret ridiculous red hot <laughs> summer. Yes. Ridiculous sci-fi summer. I'm glad that I saw Chronicles of Riddick. It is, <laughs> I, I, we perhaps will save for the end a discussion of why that is. Yeah, I, this was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 was diverting. I didn't play Wordle, which was how I spent some of Chronicles of Riddick. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it, it's been a journey, and, you know, <laughs> and the the friends I made along the way. And everyone's going home in the end, so that's yeah. you know right. that's really good. Podcast. Should people listen to this before if they want to watch it? Will this podcast ruin it? I mean, there's a few twists and turns. There's one major plot reveal that like is kind of, you know, a bit of a surprise. <laughs> but it, <laughs> I know. But if you've seen the other Riddick films, you're not going to be that surprised. And if you don't want to see the other Riddick films, then really, you know, you might as well listen to this because, you know, there's no point in starting with this film. Let me put it that way. Yeah. 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 And previous experience, I will say that the Chronicles of Riddick bombed so hard <laughs> that I remembered it, how bad people, ha- you know, how badly it was reviewed. Mm-hmm. And so I had no desire to see this, even though Pitch Black remains one of my low key faves. Right. But the, for you, Dan, did you have you seen I this? remember this came out and I was like, really? Wow. I can't believe they went with a third one on this. And then it actually got pretty decent reviews when it came out. I think, I mm-hmm. think, I think critics came it went in expecting Chronicles of Riddick to the chronicling. And it actually, they were pleasantly surprised that it was somewhat better. The other yeah. thing I remember about this film is I think this is the first thing I ever saw with Dave Bautista in it. And I, I think it, it must've been, and he's great. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing. I remember noticing him in this film is what I'm saying. Like it was, I didn't, I had no idea who Dave Bautista was. I didn't know he came from wrestling. All I knew is, is I remember watching him and thinking, Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm paying attention to this guy. You know. Yeah, we've discussed before of all the wrestler to actor mm-hmm. uh, folks there are, he seems to be the most uh, serious actor. Now, I mean, everyone, I mean, I actually think The Rock is serious about his craft, as it were. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to be good at what he does, as does John Cena. Yeah. The difference Senna. is, is that Bautista wants to be a lot of different things in a way I think that is not necessarily true of John Cena or particularly The Rock. Yeah. I mean, I think that they want to do a good job of like what they're doing. Right. Whereas yeah. I think Bautista has like. But kind of- by the way, now we realize that Vin Diesel, if you're a wrestler turned actor, apparently you have to star in something across. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's the it's 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 the 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 diesel bar. Yeah, exactly. It's, you have to you have to pass the diesel bar. Right there we go. Uh, Dan, do, do you want to know why they made this movie? Yeah, I actually want to get to the story behind the story on it because I'm legit fascinated that after the Chronicles of Riddick, the studio, Twahi and Diesel were all willing to revisit this franchise because that really was an epic fail, critically and commercially. Yeah, you're right on two out of three counts okay. there so as what, far as so, willing to revisit. Oh, all right. So what happened? Tell me. <laughs> okay. So I have spoken repeatedly, as we've talked about these movies, about Vin Diesel's own love of this franchise and how much he's put into <laughs> it himself. Yes. And 
I read a lot about that and I'd read he put his own money into Chronicles of Riddick Mm -hmm. and he did he did his production company was one of the production companies associated with Chronicles of Riddick Mm -hmm. and he also as we talked he's he's the guy who made Chronicles of Riddick as weird as it was yep he's the one who put all the fantasy stuff in it (laughs) and then it might have killed his career had he not also done Fast and Furious (laughs) yep possibly and I'm a little confused on the timeline as far as like how Fast and Furious and the Riddick Chronicles kind of like exist because of each other because it is clear there 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 is a symbiosis here mm-hmm. for, for well, in this, some way. As, as you said before, I think it's the same studio that makes both of these franchises. Same right? studio that makes both. It's Universal, I think. Yeah. He, I I know that he did a cameo in Tokyo Drift. I believe I I said the cameo was how he made sure they did Chronicles of Riddick. Mm-hmm. I've now read that that cameo is how he got control of the rights to the whole franchise. I don't really? know why this is so confusing. <laughs> it's almost like Hollywood is it, a somewhat opaque enterprise in which maybe like creators occasionally get exploited, and as a result, have to go on strike. That's just a thought. Yes, <laughs> could be it, Dan. And uh, we have an unlikely hero in Vin Diesel who did, in fact, get control of the franchise. Okay. He had wanted to make part three since, you know, they they wrapped on part two. Mm-hmm. The one true thing throughout all my commentary and throughout everything that I found. Again, he fucking loves Richard. Richard Riddick? B. Riddick. Richard B. Richard Riddick. B. Riddick. Yeah. The lore is the actor and producer was motivated to continue on the series after a Riddick fan told him, we want an R-rated movie and we'd be willing to pay $10 each. Surely you'd have enough to make it then. Said Diesel. Something about that comment made me think, bless their heart. And if I can do anything with this newfound success, if I could do anything at all, I could deliver on that wish. Wait, hold on. We need to go back from that quote for a second. Are you telling me that Vin Diesel actually said the words "bless their heart"? That's a quote. That has it. It's him quoting his own thoughts. Wow. Which, by the way, that's the only way you can quote Vin Diesel. You have to quote Vin Diesel quoting Vin Diesel. That's the way this. Yeah. Works. So, like, I okay. Nothing about that sounds real. But yeah. why would he lie? <laughs> of all the things you could lie about. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So. And as far as like him funding these movies, I was not wrong that he put his own money into Chronicles of Riddick. However, that was via his production company, which was at the time called One Race Films, which is a reference to his own multiracial background and his first movie, and which is called Multifacial, I believe. Mm -hmm. So One Race Films ceased to exist after the Chronicles of Riddick. What? (laughs) No, who could have foreseen that after the the movie was yeah. released? Wow, yeah, okay. And so with Chronic with Riddick, yes. he wanted to make it so badly. He actually offered the studio money to buy the rights to make it oh, to wow. buy the franchise. Okay, they refused, but they did really, really want him to be in the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he agreed to do the next Fast and Furious entry, which I've lost count. I'm not even going to try. And it look would have been it. Fast Six or Fast Seven, I think, by that point. Yeah. Well, this was after Tokyo Drift. Well, no, no, no. We're talking. So- yeah, but no, this is after Tokyo Drift. This is right after Tokyo Drift. Oh, okay, but Tokyo Drift came out before Chronicles of Riddick. I'm pretty sure. No. No. Ooh. Okay. It did not. This is interesting. It did not. Okay. Yeah, I looked it up. Chronicles of Riddick 2004, Tokyo Drift 2006. Oh, okay, because this movie came out in 2013. That is correct. Okay. It was a long journey, Dan. Oh, I see. All right. Okay. So so in any case, he was reluctant to go back into Fast and Furious for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why you would be, but... I I have to say, it's legit fascinating to me that, like, the studio wanted him, please come back to the franchise that, in the end, will prove to be remarkably successful commercially for him. And what he wants to do... Is make more Riddick films. Make more Riddick films. I know. It makes me like him more. I have to admit, like, yeah, perversely, <laughs> you got to like his passion here. Okay. Yeah. So he agreed to Tokyo Drift in exchange for getting a producer credit on Fast and Furious, which is one of the reasons why, like, I mean, he of all he is attached to two of the most successful franchises in movie history, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like the Marvel Universe and Fast and Furious. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So in exchange, they gave him the Riddick franchise. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. 
but she still had to get get it made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he and Twahi had a script. He would post information on his personal Facebook page, like updating people okay. about like where they were yeah. and pre-production stuff. Uh-huh. And then it finally, I guess they got started in like to, near 2013 okay. and ran out of money midway. <laughs> and he, no. He, yeah. And he apparently mortgaged his house or got a, wow. a second mortgage on his house. As a result, Diesel individually funded the project himself, diverting his mortgage payments into production costs. I will never be able to convey the anxiety, the frustration, the fear I was feeling before making this movie when the funding wasn't getting to where it needed to get, to where the padlocks were being put on the production studio in Canada because we had insufficient funds to get going. I would feel more anxious about the fact that I'd mortgaged my house for the <laughs> third film in a franchise in which the second film had bankrupted my production company. Just I, maybe I'm hardwired different than Vin here, but I'm just saying I love me some Riddick, but like that is a hell of a swing. Props to props I, to for, Diesel. I guess what others saying is he says he'll never be able to convey the anxiety, frustration, and fear he was feeling. And what we're saying is you should have been. Yes, <laughs> you should have been that scared. Right. He was actually no. His sense of his sense of like fear. Accurately right-sized. I'm just going to... Yeah, yeah totally. Yep. You should be that scared. Uh, so, I have to ask, is there any... any Like, if, if there was, like, a sci-fi idea, is there any sci-fi idea you would mortgage your house for? We've got to think about this. I mean... Book 7 of The Expanse? Ooh. Film adaptation? Ooh, that's good. I might mortgage my house for that. And I haven't even read Book 7, I sort of feel like it's I, a somewhat safe bet. Like... I both want it to get made and I think it would do fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause that's the key thing. It's not just making it. It's also, it has to recoup your money. Otherwise this one, I also want to point out he, yes, he might've been scared, but he was also producing the fast and furious movies. So he's uh, probably going to be fine. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Good. Point. So but still, I, I, I th- it, think Vin might have a little gift of the gab in him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think, I think he's, he, but it's a dungeon master in him, right? He tells a good story. Yeah. Which is interesting so, because he's not terribly loquacious in these films, but yes. That is true. So it got made. It did better mm-hmm. than uh, the very low bar set by uh, Chronicles of Riddick. There have been plans for a fourth since the third came out, much as with the plans for the third since the second came out. Mm-hmm. He, just again, I want to be loved the way that Vin Diesel loves Richard B. Riddick. <laughs> that is what I want. In May 2022, it was reported that Twahi was, if we haven't already said David Twahi, he's the writer-director of Pitch Black and- And Chronicles also, of Riddick, yes. Yes, and this. And this, yeah, yeah. And another, one other good movie and then some bad ones. Um, <laughs> yep. So in May 2022, it was reported that writer-director David Twahi was writing the film alongside the original creators, Jim and Ken Wheat, mm-hmm. famous for- in the battle for indoor oh right yes 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 the star wars battle <laughs> the ewok movie the ewok movie and that they've completed it ah. uh they've completed the script and then diesel posts on instagram that they were in pre-production yeah you know i i wanted to be a little cynical about this but man he wants something then diesel actually makes you a less cynical person i mean you know he, Again, it's not like well, everything he does is good, but he clearly believes in it. That's the only way I'd put it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I would totally play D&D with him. Oh. I would. That's I really hot. would. I bet he's good at it. Yeah. I think it's, it's, you know, he probably elaborates on the truth a little bit. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if I believe the story about the young fan coming up and asking for an R-rated movie. That does have the whiff of, like, you know, the Donald Trump, like, grown man crying in front of you kind of thing. But sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But it's it, I understand where he's coming from when he, when he was trying to convey some passion. Anyway, we should talk about the movie. Yes. It is better than the last. And yes. we have a section next called Chekhov's What's It? Yep. This Dan? is the thing that appears in the first act of a film that might wind up being somewhat relevant later in the film. I have Chekhov's Mud Demons, which I, the reason I'm using that name is that is the Wikipedia description of what the we see in the first and third acts of this film. Are they the same animal? They are. Yes, I I know that sounds weird, but I was looking at them. It's the same thing with the weird tail and the scissors. To them, 
right? Come the third, come the third act. Yes, we'll talk about this in the plot. I've got this in the plot. But he's immune to them. So why is he so worried about them? With the because there were a lot of them, and they could have killed him by impaling him. I mean, like you know, oh, or okay. biting him. Yeah, I mean, like they, they, okay, they weren't just going to poison. Poison is one thing that they can do, but like there's a lot of other ways. Okay, they can kill okay. Him. good point. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right, mud demons. Um, what I about check out box. Yes, check out box. <laughs> That's entirely appropriate. Widely declared. Yep. Check off the box. The box, the bo- yeah, the box gets talked about a lot. So that's, that's good. Yeah. All right, Dan, let's, let's talk about the actual film. All right, let's get to the plot. Act one, a legendary bad day. It's safe to say that Riddick has had better days. He's been the Lord Marshal of the Necromongers for five years, but he does not embrace their faith and wants to find his home world of Furia. That info has been purged from the records, but Vako knows and cuts Riddick a deal. He'll send him there in return for relinquishing the throne. Riddick agrees, but instead of going to Furia, he's sent to a sulfuric, sun-scorched planet that is not Furia. <laughs> By the way, I did like that line. Like, line. It was a good it line. It's a really funny line. Instead of going yeah. to Furia, we go to not Furia. Like, it was, it, it's so simple, and that it really works, yeah. yeah. Vako's deputy, Crone, leaves Riddick buried beneath a pile of rubble. Riddick recovers from his broken leg and gets the lay of the land, which mostly consists of edible eels, vulture-like flying animals, packs of jackal dog hybrids and giant venomous scorpion-like water-dwelling mud demons. He scans a more promising savanna to explore, but has to get past some of those said mud demons. He befriends a baby jackal that I'm going to call Space Rex, Anna, and immunizes himself and the dog against the mud demon's venom. He then kills the demons, and he and Space Rex move on to the savanna. Anna... Did you like the very pared down first act of this film? There's a voiceover where Riddick acknowledges he, quote, lost a step while with the Necros. In fact, let me give the full quote. Somewhere, no, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Okay, I was excited, Dan. Really do okay. I don't think I can, actually, yeah. Right. I could try. Right, hold on, let me try. Somewhere along the way, I lost a step. I got sloppy. Dulled my own edge. Maybe I went and did the worst crime of all. I got civilized. Is that twice? Was that okay? That, Sorry. I feel like if it were possible to be louder, oh, it yeah. would it would resemble him more. But I also recognize that doing the gravelly part yeah, makes tr- it hard to be loud exactly. unless you are Vin Diesel. Yeah, it's so. his gift. Is that yeah. Twahi indirectly acknowledging that the previous film was perhaps too self-indulgent? You know, I thought it was a rather elegant way of, of you know, yeah. resetting. Yeah. Uh, but you have to wonder, what did they think they were going to do after Chronicles of Riddick? Fair point. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Were they going to have a series of just like Riddick, King of the Necros? You know, like, I, I was he going to, f- they're going to become the good guys? I, I mean, it just, they painted themselves into a corner for sure. And I actually think it's weird that that's the way they ended that movie. I think I, that's this fair. movie ends in a wild way too. Yeah, like, but I like the way this this film sets up the if, if there is a fourth film, this film sets it up with some degree of grace. Is the way I would. Put well, it. this this ending is wild, and I like it. Yeah, but that ending was not wild, and I didn't like it. No. It was just like weird. I mean, it was just like you're just going to have our. He's going to be. The other problem, thing? yeah, like let me put this way. I, I was glad they got rid of the necros. Like that was the right move. Just for a whole variety right. of reasons. There is the slight awkward issue of, so he's been running them for five years. What were they doing during those five yeah. years? Because yeah. like the we, evil guys. We know They're from blowing up the universe. Right. We know from Chronicles that all they're supposed to be doing is like converting or annihilating planets. Riddick's a bad guy, but I don't quite see him going that far in that direction. So yeah, I'm kind of wondering like what is the fleet been up to for the last five yeah, years? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. what did they think they were going to do with him being king of the bad guys? I don't know. I don't know. And like, yeah, like this is what turned it the- into a. You know what? He's going to make it a Habitat for Humanity Foundation. <laughs> like he's going to go through the. Fair enough. <laughs> he's going to yeah. do Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. <laughs> Repurpose all that necromonger magic. Mm-hmm. Go back, rebuild the planets. Who knows? I mean, seriously, they 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 didn't think it out. They decided to go back to the, the different universe that the first one existed in. Which was right? the right like, move. I mean, let's be honest here. Yes. Like that, this is a stripped down film. It works far There's better. no magic in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly. No suddenly magic. back to having no magic. Also no aliens, which is good. Like they got rid of the whole elemental thing, which was just, 
Also yeah. a bad move. Like, you know, just keep yeah. humans in this. That makes total sense. Would have been very, very strange for Judy Dench to show up. That would have been hysterical if they'd both been marooned <laughs> on the planet. That is a very <laughs> different film. I actually would want to watch that film at least once, but I don't think it would be as good as what we actually did. I was curious if you also thought that the voiceover sounded like it was kind of cut and pasted from some noir movie. <laughs> a little bit like it. I, look at this way. This is all- I mean, obviously not totally, but it sounds like it wants to be a noir. Yeah. Someone. All right. Here, wait, I got it. Oh, yeah. Try, try, try it on. Some wanted to put a crown on my head. Some wanted to put a noose around my neck. <laughs> yet again, someone was trying to play me. So yet again, we play for blood. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because your your vote it reminds me of there's that 30 rock scene where where liz is like trying to act like jack and he's like you know better clothes and then she's like nope nope i screwed up i'm batman now that's what <laughs> i was well it, it's also true that riddick does more batman fighting yeah exactly in this yes movie he also has a cape at one point that's true like, oh yeah well, like, clearly likes the cape but by the way your point about the voiceover is well done because again it's a sign the good films in this franchise, the first and the third one, it's Riddick doing the voiceover. The bad film in yes. this franchise, it's Judy Dench doing the voiceover. So yeah. the lesson is don't have Judy Dench do the voiceover. But I agree with you that there, was, there's a noir element to this. Yeah. I meant to say when I was going the, the doing the story behind the story mm-hmm. that I said in the other episode that he would had tried to woo Judy Dench when she was uh, on a Broadway play. Yeah. I think it makes it funnier. She was in London. She was actually in London. Yeah, oh. so he was sending flowers to London. Like he was wooing her from across the pond. Well, there you go. So That's some serious I, wooing. I, I, it's a serious, it's it's long distance woo. Mm-hmm. Again, I have to ask, what the fuck with the, his eyes? Because he just, the goggles come and go. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, whatever. And also, are his eyes Furian or were they shined as they, as we're told? See, because at one point. Yeah. Vako says there was a babe, there's a there's a man, kid, I don't remember what he says. His eyes were like yours. So it's weird, because yeah, that was like an extra scene, because like in the theatrical version, that scene oh. is not in it. But like I I did catch that on, on YouTube. And again, it's weird. It does suggest that that Riddick was lying initially about his eyes, that we're supposed to believe that all Furians have their eyes. I think it's safe to say they're trying to retcon that and who the hell knows what they wind up doing all right. with the fourth film. Just I don't want to talk too much about sex in this <laughs> film. No, I mentioned really there's a no. gratuitous sex scene, a gratuitous group sex scene, which is how you know he's king, I guess. It's just randomly. Like, it's not even a sex scene per se. It's just, it's just we're just supposed to see that he's in sleeping with, like he's fucking a lot of women. Yeah, there's it's like, like four it's women like, like groping like each other. Reveal, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's like one pokes her head up and then there's another one yeah. and then there's another one yeah. and then there's another one. Last thing before we leave this section, mm-hmm. Carl Urban. You know what? Good for him. I mean this sincerely. Like he's only in this film for like three minutes, four minutes tops. He has more fun in those four minutes than he had in the entire Chronicles film. It's clear that like he's just got a little mischievous sense in this film, which given what he's going to do is is perfectly fair. But like it actually it makes you feel a little disappointed that he couldn't have done that in the Chronicles of Riddick as well. I guess would be the way to put it. Yeah, yeah, very much a lost opportunity with him in the in the lost opportunities all around in the Chronicles of Riddick. Right. Let's move on to Act Two. Meet the Mercs. Once in the savannah, Riddick and Space Rex notice two things. First, a mercenary rest stop or emergency station, and also an approaching storm. Riddick senses danger in the storm, and also with his fury and eyes or something sees some stuff that looks pretty, I think it's not clear. I think it, like, you get enough of a sense that like you understand why he's got this sense of foreboding, Yeah, but you know, you only see it, the image uh, very briefly. The point is he decides to activate the emergency beacon at the station. It scans and identifies Riddick. Soon two groups of mercs arrive. The first raggedy group of bounty hunters is led by a rapist named Santana with his Lieutenant Diaz, who loudly promises to put Riddick's head in a box. A second, more professional, matchy-matchy group arrives soon after that. <laughs> he calls him matchy-matchy, and I love it. That's actually Santana's best, best line. line. Yeah, the, the, the Santana's yeah. best line in the movie. Promising to just observe unless needed. Riddick left a message threatening that everyone will die unless they leave one of their ships and depart the planet on the other. 
Both ships, therefore, put one of their power nodes into a locker so Riddick can't steal them. The first night at the station goes poorly for Santana's group. He loses three men to Riddick, one via some large animal traps that Riddick borrowed from the station. Out of options, Santana asks the other group for help. They agree on the proviso that Riddick is captured alive and kept for 24 hours for interrogation. We learn then that the name of the other Merc team leader is Johns, and he is the father <laughs> of the Merc that dies in pitch black. Were you shocked? Actually, were you surprised by this, Anna? Like, I, I felt like there's some backstory. I mean, I, you know, yeah, yeah. it's obvious there's like, it's personal. This time it's personal. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So, not that surprised. It was a nice twist. I was surprised at the age. Surprised at the age. <laughs> yes, Anna. Okay, I, I was going to say this for the debris field. I did look this up. So, the actor who plays Daddy Johns is Matt Noble. Guess how much older he is than Cole Hauser? I, I know. Oh, you I did it too? Too. Okay. Like three years? I Isn't that it? Two, actually. Oh. So what I, I as soon as they revealed that they were related, yeah. I was like, of course. Yeah. And then they said father, and I was like, what? Yeah. Like yeah. It, why couldn't it be brother? I think father like, makes a little more sense in terms of like I, I get the father thing, like draw animating him, but like you gotta choose someone who's like older, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that was a bit of a problem. Johns and two of his men go looking for Riddick in caves. Meanwhile, Riddick visits the station and again offers a fair trade of one known for everyone surviving. Anna, let's talk about the special effects in this film. I'm not normally a real fan of like total green screen CGI effects, and that's what this film mostly has in terms of like the landscape, the space jackal, you know, uh, space dog, and so on and so forth. But to my mind, it weirdly does work in this film, and I think One of the reasons is because it leads you to focus on the human actors and the cast in this film, including Jordi Mola as Santana, Dave Bautista as Diaz, Katie Sackhoff as Dahl, Bokeem Woodbine as Moss. It just fucking rocks. What do you think? The cast is is definitely a, a big part of what makes this a better movie, although I'm also thinking about how great the cast is for Chronicles of Riddick. So yeah. They're given, you know, what's funny is this cast is given less to do mm-hmm. and it benefits from it, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I agree. This cast is just, they just have a job, right? Right. That's also the beauty of Pitch Black. That's a beauty of a lot of, I think, you know, working class sci-fi. The Riddick. Is that they're there to do a job. The Riddick franchise and, is a peon to strip down plots is the way I would put it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely, or it's, it, it shows the benefits. Like it's a, it's a case study. Right. Yes. And mm-hmm. why you should have stripped down plots. Mm-hmm. I thought the CGI was not bad. I think that the Dingo Doggo. Dingo Dongo. Yes. Space, yes. Sp- space, space Rex. Jackal. Yeah. Space Rex was fantastic. It was all CGI. I knew you were going to love it. But very adorable. Yeah. And I also feel like I need to point out a couple things about that okay. doggy. Yes, go ahead. Riddick does almost abandon him. Does he? Which is, yeah, he leaves thing? him. He leaves him. In his in his crate, oh, in his little oh, fake crate. Right, and then the, well, no, no, no. I so I he says, "Oh, a little scoop artist, are you?" Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that. I don't think that he was gonna leave the dog. I think. Oh, he, I think he was. Oh, gonna really? May, I guess yeah. given Riddick's nature, maybe that's it. But I assume what he was gonna. And do I think was, I think it's supposed to be a show like a you know like a growth thing that he like. See, the way I interpret it is, I thought he was gonna kill the mud demon first, then go back and get Space Rex. Maybe that's very. It's, I okay, sure. Yeah, sure. Like, fair enough. Like let's 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 believe that. Okay. I don't think you can argue with the dog growing up very fast. Like yeah, it goes from puppy to full grown dingo dog in a week. I don't. I, you know, like part of this is like I don't know how much time has passed. Like it's a little okay. Weird. But the thing is, I miss that block of time, Dan. I want to see that movie. Okay. I want to see the movie, The Adventures of Riddick and Space Rex, <laughs> where they like travel through the savanna. You know, like hunting together, mm-hmm. building fires, making friends. Like, I think that would be a decent little, like, a good short film. I will say, my my favorite CGI moment is when Space Rex has the pistachios balanced on his nose. And he's like, <laughs> stay, stay. Okay, you, now you can eat them. And, like, it's a great little CGI moment. I, I, it was lovely. Yes. Yeah. It, it, good job. Yeah. yeah. Good job. That You know what? That was, like, a good use of that form exactly. of CGI. I agree. Like, yeah. Non-gratuitous. Right. Like, and in fact, another argument for restraint yeah. in, in mm-hmm. this franchise is I think also the creatures benefit from that. Like you don't see the creatures very closely. I mean, you see that one, they have a couple of big battles in the beginning right. and then 
there's the big one at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's yeah, economy. Mm -hmm. That is that is a good watchword for the Riddick universe. Yes. All right, let's get to Act Three. You're not afraid of the rain, are you? Spooked by Riddick's message, Santana decides to open up the locker to see if he stole the nodes. This leads to a fun Mexican standoff where everyone else wonders if Riddick had stolen the nodes and booby-trapped the lock. Turns out that he hadn't, and the nodes are still there, but not for long. Riddick breaks in, takes the nodes, and buries them in the savannah, freaking out Johns' man Moss in the process. He then contacts the Mercs and proposes a parlay. Santana, Diaz, and Johns go to meet him. Riddick again offers the trade. He's really persistent about this trade. Santana tries to shoot him, but Space Rex grabs a bite of Santana. Johns has Sharpshooter Doll take out Riddick with horse tranquilizers, while Santana, unfortunately, has Diaz kill the space dog. Anna, do you have thoughts about that last part? Bad. Very bad. <laughs> Didn't like it. I wanted I wanted some immediate John Wick action. That's what I wanted. I mean I think It does come, to be fair, but you know It does come and I think his particular like vengeance is rooted in his relationship with Space Rex, who should have gotten a name, by the way. I agree with that, yes. Yes. Although it could have been a good scene, Riddick trying to come up with a name for his dog. <laughs> that actually would have been a good scene. I agree. What do I call you? <laughs> what do I call you? Kira? No, that's not a good choice. <laughs> Jack? I don't know. I call you Pitch. There we go. No, Black. Blackie. I'll call you Blackie. Black. Yes, yes. Call you. Okay. Call you. Bi- what are they called again? Bio. Bioraptors. What are the- Bio- Bioraptor. I'll call you Bioraptor. I'll call you Rapti. <laughs> Rapti. Rapti. <laughs> okay. In chains, Johns tries to interrogate Riddick, but that proves frustrating, with Riddick continuing to say he's not the one they need to worry about. It starts to rain. Just as Johns is about to let Santana behead Riddick, the rain brings out the mud demons. After they take out two of Johns's men, Johns cuts a deal with Riddick agreeing to give him a ship in return for the nodes and their escape. Johns releases one of Riddick's restraints, but Santana intercedes, saying he hasn't agreed. Santana raises his machete to go for the kill, but Riddick uses his free leg to kick Santana away and then kick the machete through Santana's face. It is a good, that's... Yeah. I'm never a huge fan of gratuitous violence. That's a perfect amount of violence. Again, economy. Yes. Watch for it. Also, by the way, again, like that's this. It's a great little shot of Bautista and Katie Sackhoff reacting to that, where they're yeah. both, like they both have great lines. He's like, "Yeah, let's let him loose," and she's like, "Wow, that was five seconds." Okay, like it was really <laughs> just that's the that's perfect B movie sci fi, like really good. Yep. But speaking of which, let's talk about two characters in this film. One that didn't work out at all, and one that worked really well, but the film didn't seem to know how to handle. So there's a kid, Luna, who's like some religious kid who keeps quoting the Bible, who was part of Santana's crew, just made no goddamn sense to me. It makes zero sense that he would be a bounty hunter. And like, in some ways, the Mm -hmm. film actually almost commented on it, because Dahl at one point says, you're in the wrong profession or something. Dahl, on the other hand, played by Katie Sackhoff, was a hoot and a half. But the film treats her just a bit weirdly, or too weird. Well, to put a finer point on it, Anna, is this film just way too casual about rape? It's pretty rapey. Yeah, like in the two places it can be rapey. Yeah, it's rapey. I, yeah, like I knew that. Like I remembered <laughs> it from the first time I watched it. But actually, what really what almost disturbed me as much is the first scene where you know Santana's ship lands, and then he tells Luna, "Cut this." woman loose and it's clear this woman has been chained and raped by Santana she flees and then Santana kills her and like I know it's like supposed to be set up so we're supposed to dislike Santana but it's just utterly horrific you know to watch. Yeah it is and I also really hated the implicit rape threat that Riddick our hero well you know anti-hero but yeah okay yeah but he's supposed to have like some moral code and i would think that rape would be beyond him. i would agree yes the riddick that we've seen so far i don't think would rape anyone what i think is interesting Mm -hmm. is i'm pretty sure that whoever wrote that line Mm -hmm. probably didn't think of it as a rape threat because it's one of those lines that's like yeah you you say you're not interested in sex but you sure will be you know i think Correct me if I'm wrong. Riddick tried, like, there's, 
the line is written weirdly because Riddick sort of implies once you consent or what you know, you'll ask. You, you are going to ask sweet like, yes, exactly. but see that's mm, mm. that's disturbing. And also like it's super disturbing, especially because she is. We've already established that she's queer, right? Which was a great choice. I have no problem <laughs> with that whatsoever. But like it again, it's just a weird conversation, and you didn't need it. And Again, Doll's a great character. You didn't need to have that. Was- and and then they follow through on it, and it, ma- it, it like breaks my heart for Katie Stackoff. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, Stackhouse. Like she, she Stackoff. Yeah, Stackoff. She is you know rescuing him. Spoiler alert for next act. Yeah. And is like, I got a, a question for you. I'm going to ask real sweet, like, and like it's because out of left field, completely out of character, just not. Right. Are we supposed to, am I supposed to believe as the viewer, oh, so they wound up hooking up after that? Like, I... I well, you kind of imply that, which, but I don't know. I, I don't think so. I refuse to believe that Doll would have done that. Like, I, like I, again... Headcanon is she's fucking with him. Yes, I agree. Because she fucks with everyone. <laughs> she she head fucks everyone, is the way I would put it. And again, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think this seriously, Katie Sackhoff gives a really good performance in this movie. Like, it, it's, you know, she, yeah. she's really good and takes a character that, like, it could have been... Could have been gratuitous and is not gratuitous in any way whatsoever. A little on Luna, I feel like he is a character that came out of like, you know, someone doing morning pages and being like, oh, that's an interesting idea of a mercenary <laughs> who's also religious. Yeah. And then it never got further than that. Right. And it's it all and it, he made it all the way to the page and made it all the way to this point where like as soon as he's introduced, you're almost cued as an audience to be like, huh. Yeah. Well, this must be this must be important. <laughs> I think it would have been a better choice if they had made that character just new to bounty hunting. Like, because you need, I understand the idea of a newbie because that allows for some exposition that otherwise wouldn't be able to be put in. But like, you know. This movie's very light on exposition. Yeah. In fact, perhaps. Too light? Teensy bit too light. Yeah. Just in one particular way, which we can talk about okay. after the next section. Speaking of which, let's close out the uh, the plot with act four, only the strong spines survive. Johns, Diaz, and Riddick leave on hover bikes, which I'm going to call space hogs, to retrieve the power nodes. Diaz knocks Johns off his space hog. Johns is then picked up by Riddick. As Riddick digs up the cells, Diaz knocks Johns down and fights Riddick. And you can guess how that goes, Anna. Mm. You know, but again, once again, it's it's Vin Diesel on wrestler, so just always good to see. As Diaz dies, he shoots and cripples one space hog, and it turns out that he had disabled the other space hog while Riddick was digging. Riddick and Johns go to their ground game, fending off hordes of mud demons. Johns is able to get back to the base and get into their ship. Just when it seems that Riddick is about to be killed, however, a ship arrives and shoots the creatures while Dahl descends to rescue Riddick. Johns sticks to his deal, and Riddick gets the other ship. As they say their goodbyes, Riddick acknowledges Johns for being the better man than his son and says he's headed home, probably to Furia. Anna, I think one of the odd things about this film is that I enjoyed the Mercs arguing with each other more than I enjoyed the Riddick sections. I mean, it, I, the Riddick sections were fine, but my favorite part of this film is the middle part where like all the Mercs are just sort of squabbling with each other. What about you? I think it's always interesting to see how people relate to their work. Which is what that middle section is about. I agree. Yeah. 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 I also have a working theory that almost every good science fiction movie can also be a workplace comedy. <laughs> in theory. Right? Space office. I mean, yes. like 2001. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, yeah. Yeah. like that could be a workplace comedy. The Obviously, The Expanse. Yeah. Alien. Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek, mm-hmm. which Lower Decks is a workplace yep. comedy. I agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do have a question, mm-hmm. which I, I won't say for the next section, which is who who sets up these Merc depots, Dan? It's kind of like who sets up the jails, Anna, like or the prisons. Yeah. It, it's there is weirdly there is almost no government in this. Is there a Merc union? <laughs> do you think? Probably not. I actually kind of like, wonder if there is a Merc union. It would make sense if there was a Merc union, but if the, even if there was, you know, there would be non. There would be scab Mercs. Yeah, the, the whole prince, the whole thing about being a mercenary, Dan, yeah. <laughs> is that you're kind of like a professional scab, right. as it yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Totally fair. So there, it just really does raise a question, like, who sets up these depots? And if you were in a mercenary economy, why would you set them up? Like, what? You know? <laughs> that was 
was actually the thing I kept wondering about. It, it was the, the answer question. Help each other. Isn't the whole thing? But also, like with your merc- when you call someone mercenary, you say they're out for themselves. But yeah, like also, if you're gonna set up like a depot, like a, an emergency depot, why are you setting it up in this planet? You know, it's not like it's well occupied. It's not like it's like occupied in any way why this planet why is it like the good of your own heart is it like appalachian trail you know like know. staffed by volunteers <laughs> like these warming huts <laughs> i you know what would have been great is if there was actually like a soda machine in the thing <laughs> you know in a candy bar thing and then you know riddick would have checked for change he totally would have checked for <gasps> yeah i it, why I also they sort of missed a chance. I mean, there again. This is where I meant. There's like maybe too little exposition because yeah, yeah, we don't fair. understand like how there's a depot. I I don't regret that they didn't tell us more about the creatures, but there is kind of a fun missed chance for lore, mm-hmm. right? If there is a depot on this planet, right? Because I think Pitch Black gets the lore just right. I agree. You yeah, know, yeah. Like when they when they figure out like 22 years. Eclipse, well, the clever like, thing about know. Pitch Black is is that you're right. There's not a ton of exposition, but they dole out the exposition, and it's plot it it it's plot twisty as a result. You you get just yeah. enough to realize, oh, that's what kind of film we're watching. And this one, it's not the same. Like there's not quite as much. And it's the truth is is that this is the acting in this film is really good, and the sort of basic structure of the film is good, but the details. Uh, they're they're a touch sketchy in the in the way that Pitch Black yeah. was a much tighter film. I agree with you on that. The more that we talk yeah. about it, well, Dan, now I have a question. Oh, please shoot, Hona. Is there IR in this movie? Anna, what say we zero the clock? <laughs> Just you <laughs> and me and this no name film. Stop, Dan, stop. Gotta find that animal side again to find the IR. <laughs> I'm worried about your vocal cords, Dan. Because, oh, yeah, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. You, you, you stood with it. You gotta, gotta commit to the bed. Yep, yep, yep. You did. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. All right, Dan, you got some water? Need, I'm you know, taking a sip of my break. water, in fact. Hold on. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> gotta wash that Riddick out of my throat. Okay. <laughs> As with all films in this trilogy, this one posits a pretty Hobbesian state of nature. The planet that the entire, you know, most of the plot takes place on is filled with predators ranging from space jackals. You mean not Furia? Not Furia. Yes. Great. Missed opportunity for a gag. Like, zoom out on the map. It's labeled not Furia. <laughs> that would have been funny, actually. <laughs> but, you know, lots of predators ranging from space jackals to mud demons. Even when the humans arrive, it's pretty anarchic. You know, you got two groups of bounty hunters that can barely cooperate on anything. As with the other films, however, there are notes around the edges suggesting that it doesn't always need to be like this. So actually, what was interesting was Moss chiding Johns when Johns hits Riddick. Like, you know, it's it, it's Moss saying, we're hitting men in chains now, you know, like clearly indicating that Johns' group at least operates according to a code and Johns is violating it. Right. Johns showing a spine and actually following through on the deal, which, by the way, I actually thought I like that plot twist because, you know, you're watching this film, if you've seen the other ones, you're like Riddick. You're expecting Johns to, to crap out, and he doesn't, which was nice. And also, interestingly enough, the most Hobbesian actors all dying. Like, Santana and Diaz are easily the ones who, like, have no code whatsoever. They will screw over anyone they can see, in some cases literally. And, hey, they're the ones who die horribly. And so, you know, good for them. So I guess we'll see how Space Furia goes, or if they ever make that. You know, it'll be kind of interesting. I was genuinely surprised by John's coming back. I think almost too surprised. It is. Uh, okay. it, it doesn't quite flow. I mean, I I can't fault the actor really. No, no. The problem is they don't, what they don't do. And I agree with you on this. The problem is, is like, the, if you remember when, when Riddick is digging, he's telling John's what his son did. He's telling John's what his son did in the first movie. And he doesn't quite believe it. And part of the problem is, is that, what the movie doesn't do is is show anything that would cause Johns to realize, oh, I guess Riddick's telling the truth. You know, that's yeah, the problem. I agree. That's what yeah, you need. And I think also you don't see like a shift where he thinks, like, you know what, like maybe my son wasn't a good guy. That's what I'm trying to say. And yeah. Maybe yeah. Riddick is a Or good maybe guy. at least Riddick is a more complex guy than I had understood. Or more complex guy yeah. or someone that I should have more I should 
care who lives or dies. And maybe that was, I mean, it would have been hard to do, but I think that's where like, you know, you actually spend a couple more hours and figure out, is there like, like two more minutes of the film that you could do? Because again, props to Twahi. This is a short film. Nine years making this film. Yeah. But also you spent nine years making it. Right. But also this is not a long film. Like you could have added two minutes. It's not, the film does not drag in any way. What I'm saying, like, is like, I mean, I don't know if you're referenced to two more hours is like, you know, just a little time thinking about it in the script room. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Like, I, I, they had a lot of time to think about yeah, it fair and enough. the choices they made. So here's the thing is, as much as I, as much as I kind of find them endearing, Twahi and Vin Diesel, yeah. like, there, there is a limit on their talents. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you love their passion. You're just not sure yes. there's always the follow through on the passion. Yes, it's just like they need some other people in the room. Yeah. They need someone to. They need adults in the room. Management. Yeah, they need adults. They need just people who are better at the crafts that they're doing. Right. And I, I now really want to meet and talk with Vin Diesel <laughs> at some point, and I don't think he takes criticism well. Probably, Anna, I want, I want you to meet to- Vin Diesel. Let me put it that way. I very much want to see like. I please take a selfie if this happens. I desperately want we to talk about I want to talk about craft and D and D obviously. Yeah, and D and D, and you know maybe he should take my writing workshop. Just saying. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Anna, get some insight I, and character. I have a question for you. Mm. Is there a critique of capitalism in this film, Dan? I'm going to ride this critique of capitalism like I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say in fear that I will get caught because I don't know what I'm doing. I I would love to be able to get into depth here about how there is a critique of capitalism, but this Merck-based economy baffles me. I really now want you to watch the John Wick films because it's a similar problem in the John Wick-verse. I don't, like, it's this whole culture of assassin, you know, hitmen, and I don't know what funds it. It's very strange. Yeah, and who ultimately, I mean, you could say it's the mercenary economy is the perfect ultimate expression of capitalism mm-hmm. right like capitalism turns us into mercenaries ah, out living by, yep. by collecting the hides of our would-be mm-hmm. comrades totally makes sense to me however there is this somehow a merc co-op happening at the same time <laughs> you know what would be funny on it actually this is what they should have done with luna's character luna shouldn't have been the newbie luna should have been the union organizer you oh, would have loved that. Or just just the co-op member that always is trying to get people to do their jobs. There we go. Like, yes. guys, yep. we said we would we said we would do cleanup duty this week. <laughs> like we signed up to be the ones restocking the vending machines. <laughs> and if we don't restock them, no one will. There you go. <laughs> and then what happens? The next mercenaries that come to this planet, they go hungry. <laughs> Does anyone want that on their conscience? <laughs> I would now, I now want Amazon to like commission like a 10 episode, half hour comedy about the Merc Union <laughs> in which you play the secretary, like, you know, you play the, the you know, the treasurer or something. Yes. I really see more. This is, I now can imagine it more as a co-op, right? Yeah. Like, you know. Like, if you were willing to a co-op, Dan, like a shopping co-op or like, like there, there's sometimes there's get to be like. Anna, I shopped you know, for seven years at the co-op in Hyde Park. So don't. Oh, don't, yeah. Don't. So you see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I don't want to go there. I get PTSD whenever I think about it. Yep. 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 Politics can happen. Oh, yeah. Comedy sometimes. <laughs> but politics definitely. definitely. Okay. All right. Space Oh. Oh. Poor Space Rex, I feel bad. Yeah. It's time for Discordant Notes. This is where we take questions from our patrons that they posit on the Discord channel that we then answer in... Right here, yeah, now. exactly. The very, the very section that we're <laughs> about to do. So this question comes from Doug O. It's a very simple question. How do you unjinxolate your fucking janks? Which... It's a good question. Yes. It is... It, uh, the script is not good, as we've established. It is. It has moments of of, of brilliance, yeah. and then mostly pretty workmanlike. What I respect about the script is that they don't go too hard on this joke, and they just leave it there. Yes, like it comes up a couple times, but it's just it's not really explained <laughs> because you can't explain it. Yeah. It's just like somebody who I think doesn't understand that like 
Jinx doesn't have like a past participle or something. Like, I don't know. Like it's, these are it's, not the actually what thing. is weird by the way like like this is a little odd which is the character that says this is like clearly supposed to be like a blue collar guy like you know not yet. yeah and then he's the one who later on says i could explain like thermodynamics to you in terms of like why the power nodes don't work with different ships and it was just, it was i actually loved that he got to do that but it, it was slightly i odd. love that line yeah. too see i yes this is a, 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 a you're hmm I'm lost by power of speech. Oh, okay. Just momentary left me for a second there. That's okay. What happened. Riddick does that. You know what? Like, My jinx got jinxed. Your jinx got jinxed. Go unjinxolate your jinx. Go ahead. Jinxed. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, wait, wait, hold on. We didn't answer the question. Oh. How do you unjinxolate okay. your jinx? I think the answer is you don't taunt Riddick, frankly. Like that's, oh. it's pretty simple there. Yeah. Yeah, I think not. I think believing Riddick also, except I guess, well, no, yeah. he was he was honest. Again, say what you will about Riddick. Riddick was very clear throughout this entire film. I, there's two ships coming. Just give me one, and that's fine. You know, like he yeah. he makes this deal three different times, and they keep not listening. So you know what? They jinxulated their janks, is what I'm saying. Yeah. How often does that happen in IR, Dan, that an actor of good faith just like comes up and is like, I want to make a deal. No, seriously, I want to make a deal. Nope. Come on. Want to make a deal. Yep. It's bad. Not often, I'm guessing. Well, let's put it this way. It's unusual when they keep saying, I want to make a deal. And the guy saying, I don't want to make the deal keeps screwing himself over more and more and more. Although, you know what? <laughs> I got to say, Vladimir Putin right now, kind of dealing with that. So you never know. We'll see. Demons. It's mud demons. Yeah, yeah. It's mud demons. Mm -hmm. Pieces. Mud demons. There we go. Debris field. Dan, this is where we talk about the stuff we haven't already mm -hmm. gotten a chance to talk about. Do you have anything? I have two things. Just two small things. Okay. What do you got? Yeah, I got a couple. Okay. Go ahead. You, you, I'll start. Yeah. I, this is... <laughs> The the part with um, Carl Urban at the beginning is a little ludicrous. There is very it is very funny to see like the high fantasy you know character and then Riddick interacting. That it bring it really puts to the forefront like how bizarre those two things are. Together. It again reminds you, you know? how bad Chronicles of Riddick was. I think is the yeah. problem. Yeah, and there is a there is a scene where like the uh, sort of the way that that uh vaco 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 talks briefly goes into riddick speak anyway he says we dropped from the sky and did what necromongers do okay <laughs> I just out loud. Again, it will make you feel better to know that in the theatrical version of the film that scene is much shorter he doesn't he doesn't that speech is cut <laughs> yeah. yeah that's just he just it's just like he we're tight real high fantasy and then all of a sudden like Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not Furia. <laughs> we dropped from the sky and did what necromancers do. Necromongers. Right. Necromancers. Necromongers. <laughs> Necromancers much different. Yeah. Very yeah, good. Yeah. Should not confuse the That's two. True. All right. This is going to sound weird. There's just a very brief, like, I assume a shout out to Chronicles of Riddick. Because at one point, one of the mercs says, we should have just done this with a four man crew. And which is something that like, Riddick says in the beginning of Chronicles of Riddick saying, why did you, you came in light with a four man crew? I assume that was conscious. And I actually thought that was kind of witty. Another good line. I thought mm -hmm. here comes the neighborhood. Oh uh, yeah. That was good. I yeah. liked that. That's good. That's, uh, you know, one of the problems again, this is better than the last movie. I lit such a low bar mm -hmm. is that there are a few times where Vin Diesel's delivering a line that's supposed to be a good line mm -hmm. and it's not quite a good line, mm -hmm. but then there are a few times when it is. Yeah, yeah. And that is one of yeah. them. Yeah. I have a few other things actually I realize now. I, I kept wondering where he said, you, you quoted this line, like, you know, where Riddick says, I'll ride it. Like I stole it. Was that a conscious fast and furious reference? Like I kept wondering. Oh, I, I assume yeah, that it was. I assume so as well. In which case, like, again, it's done subtly. It's not a huge deal. So like, you know, props to that. My other favorite line again, which is a callback to pitch black is when, you know, Luna's praying and Riddick says, kid, leave God out of this. Yeah. It was a solid line. Yeah. Speaking of more references to pitch black, there is a, an homage to that Riddick on top of the spaceship shot uh, that we both yeah, love. Yeah. That I, you know, what we loved about it that first time was it was done with such a lack of pretension. Right. You make a reference to it. You're making it more pretentious, but you know what? Not terrible. Great shot. Mm. 
And again, it's the, all three films, he's on top of a spaceship at one point. Yeah. One last thing, which is, I don't know, I kind of want to try crab enchilada hash. <laughs> I'm kind of curious about that. And again, it was a... Ch- Protein waffles yes. and I, crab actually, I don't want to have the, the food in the Riddick verse. But and again, this is a cheap joke, but it worked where like he tr- he like sniffs it, clearly doesn't like it, tries to sell the, the space, do- space Rex on it, and Space Rex pees on it. Like that was that was yeah. a quality cheap joke. Sometimes you value this. Have you, do you ever try to get Mimi to eat something by pretending to eat it yourself? No, because Mimi actually Mimi's extremely discriminating. The only and when we have to give her a pill or something, we just feed it. We like stick it in peanut butter or something. So uh, Exley is very picky, mm-hmm. very 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 picky eater, and uh, he's also he's a resource guarder, mm-hmm. um, or as my friend the animal uh, his trainer says, uh, he's a speculator. Which I like <laughs> okay. So when something is in demand, he wants he wants it. But if it's not in demand, he's not as interested. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, at the at his daycare, they have like those really cheap like milk bone treats. Mm-hmm. He will not eat them here. He eats them at daycare. <laughs> Oh, Space Exley. I'm oh, sorry. Exley. I, you know, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, Space Exley, I'm sure would behave yeah, the same way. And then the other, but the thing is I, so, and he's also very sensitive. He, he takes Prozac. Mm-hmm. Listeners may be aware. He takes, he takes that. And he also takes like an herbal supplement for anxiety. So I have to feed him two pills every night. Okay. He knows what's up. He knows that I, he I figures out at some point, all the different ways that I can mm-hmm. put them in things. So I have to switch it up all the uh. time. But what always works if I pretend to eat it. Really? Oh, that's kind of adorable. Mm, nom, 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 nom. And then like, and then you can, or uh, sometimes I pretend to feed it to the cat. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Molly, do you want the pill? Oh, it's so good. Anna, now you can like borrow from her day. You can go, Hmm, good. <laughs> See if that works, <laughs> you know, but only if you got, you got, you got to use the Riddick voice. Otherwise it won't work. All right, so we have the Clone Tyrone and then the Meg movies yes. and lots of plans for the fall. Mm-hmm. This has been the end of if the official part of Ridiculous Sci-Fi Summer. Mm-hmm. But But we're I mean the Megs the, the Meg films I think like we're still doing Yeah, we're still we're still yeah, red exactly. hot and still ridiculous. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. And until then, keep this channel open for more.